Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ken Block. Welcome, sir. Yay, welcome. I don't want to hit any buttons here. Get me <laughs> off. Uh, hey, everybody. How are happy, you? Uh, happy holiday season. New yes. year, holiday, everything. Right yeah. back at you and your family. Thank you. Super happy to be home for a little while. Um, been a sprint. Been a sprint. Uh, it's been a marathon sprint this year of just going and going and going um, and for just extended periods of time. So um, it's nice to kind of come up for air a little bit uh, for the boat a little bit. Yeah, so you, got, you got just <laughs> over just a little over a month, month and a half until rest yeah. up until uh, that time comes. Yeah, it's like, you know, how when you're a kid, it's like, you know, 37 sleeps until the rock boat, you know, <laughs> uh, my kids yeah. are still like that. Dad, it's next month. Like they they love it. They can't wait. So. It's awesome. You know? Ken, this is this is awesome that you found time to chat with us, and you know this is this is huge uh, that you wanted to come on, and we're just we just want to have a conversation, just chat, you know, and just you know the holiday season's here, and that's all obviously a special thing for a lot of people, and Definitely. you know everybody celebrates differently. What uh, what's your earliest memory of like you like hot like celebrating the holidays with you and your family? We would go up. Uh, my earliest memory is that uh, we would load up our Volkswagen van uh, from Florida and we would go up into the Smoky Mountains up kind of near Gatlinburg and all. we'd stay at this little motel um, called the Bear Land Inn, I'll never forget. Um, and it had two rooms and a fireplace and just a motel, you know, not a hotel, a motel. Like I tell people, it was like a day in. We couldn't afford the day in. Um, we'd come in there and my brother and I would, um, you know, we, we, we had so much fun just exploring up through the Great Smoky Mountains and um, learned to ski up in that area around beach and sugar, just little guys and ice skating and all that. And when you're from Florida, um, if you got a little bit of snow, I mean, it was like, it was miraculous. Um, <laughs> or like you'd see an icicle. Uh, I remember one of my earliest memories is my little brother crying because he couldn't take an icicle home with him. He was, he was a little kid. He was like, I want to take it home. Like, uh, but we loved going up there uh, right after school. would let out uh, down here. We'd, we'd have, head up there for about a week or 10 days. And uh, through that holiday season, it's just, it was just, I still uh, have just super fond memories of that. That's awesome. What was your favorite holiday song as a kid? Uh, man, um, it's funny because everyone always kind of makes fun of holiday music starts too yeah. early and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. I like, I, I, it does start early. I've always <laughs> liked it. And I always liked like the old Bing Crosby, yeah. White Christmas, all that kind of old standard classic, uh, the classics. Um, uh, and then we went, we made a record, um, uh, Sam's playlist, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it was cool because all of us got to pick, this is how we did that record. We were like, all right, man, so we're not going to bring in an outside producer and we want everybody to be excited about it. So everybody gets to pick, you either get to pick two songs and write one or, or whatever you want to do, but you get two or three songs on the record and you're going to produce it and we will serve your vision. 
um, oh, wow. whatever that is. And there are no rules. And so it came out really cool because like, uh, you know, Ryan did, uh, Ryan did a, like a little Christmas rap thing that, that he did it as a joke. And we were like, you got to put that on the record. Um, I did, um, uh, I actually wrote us one song called, um, uh, uh, let's get along called new year's day. Uh, let's get along. And it was just, I didn't think anybody had really written besides old Lang Syne, anything really about new year. Oh, maybe you too. Maybe a little band called you too. Um, we don't have enough new year songs. And then I thought for the holidays, I go, um, the Tradle song, right? Mm-hmm. The, the ch- what in what way would the chosen people never have played the Tradle song? And I thought <laughs> bluegrass. So we did a bluegrass version wow. of uh, of the Tradle song, and I thought it came together great, and it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, uh, it, it, putting the fiddle on there uh, was just awesome. And uh, and then I got to admit, I ripped off a version. A little drummer boy from one of my favorite singers, um, a guy named David Ryan Harris, who you guys might know too. Yeah, uh, yes. Rob Boat alumni and just yep. super sweet, uh, incredibly talented guy. I heard him do a version of that for 99X, and I was like, "Hey, man, I heard you do that version. Is it cool if I kind of, you know, we kind of do our version of your version?" And he was like, "Absolutely." Um, and so it was a little funky. And then Mark came in, um, and Mark brought in an orchestra. And like for a holy night and, uh, and brought in orchestra and brought in strings, brought in a choir. And that song is just, it's like epic. It's yeah. just incredible. And then you drew has a song that he sings with his kids. And it's got everything from like little singing with your kids with no music to this huge production on there. And somehow it works uh, like all of our stuff. It's kind of all over the map a little bit, uh, but it works. So uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that record. Yeah, as you, as you should be. I mean, that is the record that we listen to every year after we oh, go nice. get our Christmas tree, and I'm with you with uh, with Mark's rendition of "Oh yeah. Holy Night." We we put out a Spotify playlist called uh, "Christmas Ghosts of Rock Boat Past," and that's mm-hmm. like song number three in that prime spot. Yeah, that's the spot. Going. That's yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's the all for you spot. I always think about that. Um, yes. Um, yeah, man. That I have friends that still come up to me and go, that version of a and all I can all I can do is say I took direction well, um, and it was really our job to see each other's vision through. It wasn't our job to get into the usual, you know, push and pull, push and pull. I mean, of course, you can make suggestions and all that. Right. But I thought it was really really nice to. to uh, to have Mark be able to put his fingerprints there. He's a talented guy. That's I, I, I think it's awesome too. Like, cause y- you probably listen to it in your own home during the holidays. Right. And, and <laughs> well, my kid, it's funny. My kids like that record. And I was just going to yeah, say, um, and, and your kids probably listen to it. And it's probably, I don't know, like uh, I'm not a father. I, I, I'm an uncle. And uh, obviously the relationship is different between father and, and son and father and daughter, but that's got to be so like humbling that your kids love that music and, and play it in your house during one of the most, you know, emotionally driven months of the year. And I I don't know, that's just so cool. Look, I, I have done a lot of things wrong in my life. (laughs) One thing that I've done right is, is with my wife, Tracy, is that we have three great kids who love each other. And that is my favorite thing is that they just enjoy each other 
as much as anyone else in the world would rather be hanging out with each other than pretty much anyone else in the world. And so, but we have a, you know, me, I mean, I can't be serious for too long. I got that from my dad. Um, but they'll tell me like, they'll be, they'll be like a funky note. Like they all have pretty good ear and girls in particular can sing really well, even though they won't publicly, but they'll like, they're like, dad, let me rewind this little part here. What was that all about? <laughs> like, rewind. Ah, let's make a list of all the weird notes dad did on that record. Just, just bragging each other and having fun like that. But, but it is really, really great. And um, especially with my youngest, with Elena, um, she and I have actually written some stuff now, which is, I mean, it just kind of happened organically. It was like, what are you doing? Nothing. Want to help me write a song? Yeah, sit down. And we knocked out a couple and they're, they're pretty cool. We'll see what will happen to them down the road. But, uh, but that's been really cool. And Marley, the day Marley put up um, a Fleetwood Mac rumors poster in her room, I thought I had won parenting. Like, <laughs> I win. I win her. She texted me this last week, Christine McVie, and I was like, gosh, man. And she, they're all turning me on to new stuff. Um, uh, I think you guys know, like, um, even, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, centrally involved in, in vetting and choosing the bands and picking the lineup and all that. Yep. And uh, if it wasn't for the girls, Mom Rock, that's how I found out about Mom Rock was, was uh, Elena and Marley going, you got to check out this band, got to check them out. And I couldn't even, I couldn't really find anything. Like they had one or two songs. Yeah. And I found like them playing at a house party and something kind of weird and somehow kind of worked our way to them. And uh, I got I to gotta admit, in my opinion, they, they were the hit of the boat last year. Oh, yeah. In, I, fact, 100%. in fact, if I had to say a musical highlight for me of the boat last year would be well, too. I love their show out on the back of uh, sports court. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. But they did War Pigs. Did you guys hear him do War Pigs? That oh, was yeah. so amazing, man. I was looking around going, okay, they just won the rock boat. They won the boat. <laughs> I didn't even know we had that contest, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my kids, um, it is great. And the fact that like um, that, that they listen to my music at all and kind of dig into that cat- uh, catalog at all, and especially if they've gotten a little bit older, um, Elena especially, uh, Chance and Marley too, though, but – uh, like Elena, like she really loves your mistake off of Chasing Daylight. She's like, yeah, I really like how you did this. And then she found um, uh, there's an acoustic version of Best I'll Ever Be. that's just piano and vocal. And yeah. and and I went back and listened. And now that's like one of my favorite tracks, certainly that I ever sang. But anyway, I could. that's a whole other podcast. Me and my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, let's take a, you know, ghost pass and, and and take a travel down young ken block and growing up and yep. you you know you trying to figure out like what you wanted to do with your life and you know w- was there a specific event that you like like that may have happened and you were just like music's my calling yeah it's it's uh that's simple man i was young we had a little place gainesville is about an hour and a half from uh crescent beach which is basically st augustine beach and um we had a little place over there don't be jealous but my parents bought a beach place there for thirty-eight thousand dollars. that's wow. that's crazy right so anyway we had a place there and it was kind of just these condo thing and they were kind of uh u-shaped and um and my dad is a was a phenomenal musician 
he was a piano player. In fact, that's his piano sitting right behind me. Oh, wow. Um, he was accepted to Juilliard, actually did not go. He had three degrees in music. Um, uh, just a phenomenal piano player. And I was terrible piano player. I was not a very good piano player, but I loved music. And I would always sing and I would, I would remember stuff. And, and uh, I started out playing a little violin. I started out and then I moved to clarinet for a little while. Um, but when I was about, I'm guessing nine or 10 years old, um, I guess eight or nine, we got that place over at the beach and we started having these um, covered dish suppers where everybody would come and bring like, you know, cornbread and, and macaroni and cheese and yeah, yeah. whatever you wanted. Good but stuff. if you played an instrument, you could come. My dad had a little Fender Rhodes that I just gave to Ben Jackson. I don't know if you guys know Ben oh, Jackson. Yeah. But yeah, so Ben has it up in his studio in Nashville now, so all these guys are playing on it. Um, and a couple guys would have banjos. One guy had a fiddle, um, a couple guitar players, and I was – I was just like, oh my gosh. So I surfed in the morning. I came in with my brother and, and my friends and, and then all these families are sitting around eating together, talking, laughing around music. And I remember going, oh my God, this is, this, this, this is it, right? And a guy named Jeff Million, um, who I still see, I just saw in the airport about a week ago. He came over and he was, he was a little bit older than us, probably, I guess, I think they're probably 10 or 12 years older than us because his, his girlfriend had been my babysitter. Um, and he brought over his guitar and he was a great surfer. So he already had us all like, that guy's the man, you know, he's a dude. <laughs> well, he started playing these songs and they were, they were clever and witty and funny. And I was, I was mesmerized and everyone was, and they all had a little payoff. And it turned out that a lot of them were written by, um, Shel Silverstein, you know who Shel Silverstein is? He mm -hmm. writes all those yeah. kids' books, um, like where the sidewalk ends and the missing yeah. piece and all that. He wrote Cover the Rolling Stone for uh, Dr. Hook, wrote, um, wrote uh, Boy Named Sue for Johnny Cash. He was just this weird, eccentric wow. artist guy. And I didn't know at the time any of that. I just knew that I love these songs. And I go, you and this other guy, Pat Murphy, show me a couple chords. And they showed me my first couple chords. One guy showed me a couple rock things like Sweet Home Alabama, mm -hmm. Stairway to Heaven, all the usual stuff. <laughs> and then, and then I, I had a little, you guys remember those cassette things? I'm older than you, but they had these cassette, like you'd get them in the, at the library where you'd hit the button, it would pop up like that. Yeah. Pull them yeah. Out. You know what I'm talking well, about? Yeah. Um, so I had one of those and uh, I asked Jeff to come over and asked me if I could record a few of those songs. And so I did and I learned those storyteller songs. And I remember looking around going, the girls are laughing. The everyone's having a great time. Um, the sense of community camaraderie, I just didn't want it to end. And that was when I go, man, I, I want to do this. So my first gigs out where I learned how to play um, like John Denver stuff and yeah. just a little JT, but simplified JT stuff. Um, and there was a place called Skeeter's Big Biscuits here in Gainesville. <laughs> and awesome. they, had, uh, they had acoustic artists that were, were able to come in and play all 24 hours a day. They had music. And, and um, so I got to sit in there and do a few songs. And then when I was about 12, I got my first band called Razor's Edge. And uh, it was all over from there, man. I mean, from there on, I've been in bands 
ever since and knew that that's, that's what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. That's awesome. That's so cool. That, it's so neat. But how... Let me, let me well, I know. I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> <My> brain. But <laughs> as I'm telling this story, um, I'll circle back around to this later, but that I've been trying to recreate that feeling my entire life. And when I look at what Sister Hazel has done as a band and the way we uh, decided early on, because it was natural to us to tear down that wall between artists and fans and to make it more about a relationship than, than um, you know, Maybe. fan star kind of thing. It was much more about, you know, let's, let's get everybody's phone number. Let's, let's sleep, sleep on people's couch, call them when we're coming into town. And I wanted to recreate that feeling that I had as a kid with music, with food, with the beach, with, um, with all kinds of different people, um, different kinds of music, um, different, you know, my dad came from a classical and blues background yeah. and Pat Murphy, this guy was a classic rock guy and Jeff was a folk guy. And it was, and I'm like, that sounds a lot like my band. You know what I mean? We got, <laughs> we got all these different kinds of things going on, but it's, it's chasing that feeling um, and trying to recreate it uh, in things like the boat, music, food, friendship, camaraderie, no battle of the bands mentality. Um, it, it's much more about um, uh, uh, creating things together, the sum of the parts versus the individuality of it all. And I think that you you have you you've nailed it. <laughs> I mean, well, man, if, I was gonna if say, that was, I was your goal, say, mission accomplished. Mission <laughs> accomplished. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've had there's, you know, you guys know a little bit of my, of my overall story, but I'll, I'll say that I think once I, you know, I lost my brother as a teenager, which we can talk about later, and and um, uh, had been through some different things, and I think I was I had to build a world that I could live in. And I'm not saying, um, I want to say that with all the humility in the world, yeah. I didn't do that by myself. I surrounded myself. I was lucky enough to, to attract people and be attracted to people that could share that vision and help get things to the next level. But, but I don't know that I could have worked in a different field way possibility. There was this, where there's this music component and this people component and this healing component and this, uh, uh, you know, uh, self-driven creativity, self-driven, uh, you know, I don't know that I could work for someone very well, probably could, but they wouldn't like me a whole lot. <laughs> you know? Um, I could work with a lot of people, which we do. Um, yeah. so, I, so in creating that, I, what I think I've found is a lot of people that felt exactly the same way and that, that they, they get into this thing. And that's why the hazelnut community, the rock boat community, um, all the people that support Lyrics for Life, all the people that come to the hang and all these different things that we do, um, it takes, it's got a life of its own. And it was just creating this fertile ground for those things to kind of grow. So I don't know that I could have survived doing anything else, but I'm lucky for me, I didn't have to. I'm not on the cover of Rolling Stone, but uh, we're making a living doing music uh, all these decades later. And I'm pretty proud of that. So, Yeah, it's, uh, it's an accomplishment and it's, it's, you know, I, and the, the individuals that are in those communities mm. that, you know, come to the shows that travel uh, to, you know, 
through different states to come see a show, you know, they do it not, you know, to have those. I, I think like they don't really care. They don't care that you're not a Rolling Stone. It's not. And, and they see that through the actions of the artists and, 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 and the relationships that you guys build. And that's, that's why people show up because that, that, that connect, that connectivity, that, that human element is, is so special to people who truly love music. Um, and I just want to say food and music as a young man <laughs> growing up. Right. I never yeah. valued it. Like I obviously I loved food. I love food. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and music was always kind of like, yeah, in high school, there were some bands that I liked, but as you get older, I think you realize this, this symbolic uh, idea behind it. It's just, it's, 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 it's palpable, you know, it's, I don't, I mean, I just think it's really cool that that's how your story started. You were food and, 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 and your instrument. And that's and just people. And yeah. people. And it's a, it wasn't about being separate from people. It was about being part of, of, of each other's lives. And, um, you know, it's interesting you say that I'll, we can do a little therapy here. We're, we're yeah. good, right? We're, yeah. As we're bouncing this around. I go, I was invited a couple of years ago, um, uh, by one of the guys, actually one of the kids I grew up with at the beach over there who, uh, surfing and who was a banjo player back then, but I've known him since we were kids. And he invited me, he and my uncle are part of this men's group and they're all, uh, they all go to this church. I do not go to that church, nor am I a member of that particular faith, but okay. I, but I, but I love these guys. And I go, when I'm in town, I go weekly, we bat stuff around about life and about perspective and all these different things. And um, another little digression, I've had some voice issues over the last couple of years that have really kind of eaten my lunch in a lot of ways. And I was telling them, um, I was talking this morning about how it can be really frustrating and how it's kind of like whack-a-mole like you get this piece fixed and then that piece pops up and then that and you get all in your head and i'm like you know i i i, I you know sometimes i'm like is it good enough is it still good enough am i still and they're like look man they just said what you just said and so i'm hearing it twice in one day which is show up and it's a it's not just about you bro it's about all of the people up there and it's about all the people out there and it's about this experience that's happening because um, of, of all of us kind of playing a role and playing a part. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you know, it's that progress, not perfection bit. Um, just keep moving forward and keep trying to get better and keep getting different new. And you're not going to be as good at some things as you maybe once were, but you certainly were better at others uh, than you were. So, you know, we all have to work on that sort of self-acceptance piece. We can all beat ourselves up when, yeah. when, uh, when things aren't. Uh, you know, when you, when you put out a show that you're not as proud of as maybe the last one, or yeah. I have a show where I walk off and go, man, that wasn't it. Or, or, you know, but then there are those moments when you're just, you're in that, you're in that flow when you're swimming downstream. Yep. There is nothing like swimming downstream. Man. It is, <laughs> it <weak>. is nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. So. <laughs> so, you know, you had mentioned your brother. Yeah. Uh, and do you want to, let us in a little bit about your brother and, and what he sure. was like. Yeah, my little brother and I were two years home, almost like we're two weeks apart, two, two years and two weeks apart, uh, Jeffrey. And we were literally as close as two human beings uh, could be. And I mean, 
I I can't really overemphasize that. It was it's not like looking back. We were clo- we were just inseparable. We were buddies. Um, we were we were we did everything together. We shared the same interests. He looked up to me in so many ways. I looked uh, to him. I just was comforted by him. He was a sweet soul. Anyway, you know, when he's 14 years old and uh, I'm 16 years old, he got diagnosed with cancer. And I'll never forget, man. Um, uh, we were, we'd been surfing and he was saying that his chest had been hurting him and he was coughing and he wasn't feeling good. And I was like, man, you'd be okay. We went camping that weekend at Springs outside of Gainesville. And uh, he was up a bunch of friends. We had about 10 or 15 of us camp, tent camping out at Springs. And uh, uh, he was up coughing all night and people were giving him all kinds of grief about it, which, uh, you know, I was too a little bit, honestly. And, uh, and he, I remember he dove in the spring and he popped up and he just had this look. And he goes, I can't hold my breath. And he, I've never seen that kind of fear in him before. Like, I mean, we got to tell mom and dad. He didn't want me to tell mom and dad because he didn't want us to get slowed down. Yeah. You know, they're going to make us not go. Right. Um, and so um, he got to the hospital and within a day uh, or two, like they couldn't figure it out. They thought he had pneumonia. Uh, it turned out he had a tumor about the size of a grapefruit underneath his breastbone, uh, pushing his heart over, squeezing his lungs. One lung was completely full of fluid. Um and I remember I had gone to the beach. I was like, he's in the hospital. He's fine. He's going to, the doctor's going to give him, you know, a little, whatever he needs. I got there and people were on the phone going, your dad's, your dad needs you to call him. So I called this before cell phones. And I just remember my dad said, they just diagnosed Jeffrey with cancer and we need you. He wants you to come back. We need you to come back. I'm like, I just remember feeling like the air had been ripped from my lungs. And like, I couldn't talk. I like, I just, jerked me to my knees and uh, my buddy luckily drove me home. And, um, and that was the start of four years of, of dealing with um, the ups and downs of, of a, just a nasty foe, man. Doesn't play by the rules. Cancer does not play by the rules. And when you're, you know, when you're, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, we were playing music, we were playing football, we were surfing, we were chasing girls, but then all of a sudden you're dealing with, with spinal taps and chemotherapy and radiation and mortality. And, and, and honestly, Hey, um, it was, it was beyond words. It was like always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And at the same time, like with my father was always like, look, we may not win this war, but we're going to win the battles. We're going to win the day. We're going to make this day as good as it can be. And so we were trying so hard to have great time together and maximize every adventure we could, but um, uh, it's bigger foe. It is a bigger foe. And, and, you know, what kids are dealing with mortality at 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, you know? And so I remember school, everything became kind of secondary. It was like, you know, algebra and and whatever is like that doesn't really seem so important to me today like i just remember it was so hard for me to concentrate and focus on all that stuff but he went in and he went into remission came out went back went back and i won't go through all of that because it's a long story but um when he died i remember it everything i've done 
and experience in my life since then has been seen through that lens. And, and I think as a lot of people, no matter how old you are, if you experience something traumatic like that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're angry, you're frustrated. You, you have, whether you believe or don't believe in God, you got a lot of anger towards something. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and then people are like, where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust? You know, this whole bad things happen to good people and yep. th- this whole thing. So, so it really rocks your foundation a little bit. So um, I think, you know, obviously for me, looking back, having the parents I had, having gone that, through that with my brother, I think it made me um, as already a pretty empathetic kind of feeling guy it really put that into overdrive and in some ways i think that served me really well as a writer uh as a creator um as a communicator um but it also has left me you know i've battled uh, alcoholism and addiction and i've dealt with uh, anxiety and some depression stuff and it's just like a lot of us out there so it's um it was the defining thing of my life dealing with four years of my teenage years uh, in a house navigating cancer. And so I, I have such um, uh, a, an open heart to people that are navigating that, not just the person who's dealing with the illness, but the collateral damage, the siblings, the parents, the grandparents, the friends. Um, there's just so much. So um you know, I hope I've made him proud and what we've been able to do. Uh, he had a great sense of humor. He's a great guy. He uh, he liked a little heavier music, uh, maybe than, uh, than what, he was like an Iron what, Maiden kind of guy. What was his favorite song? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what his favorite song is, but I do know his favorite bands at the time were uh, Iron Maiden. I think he liked Ozzy. Okay. Uh, like that Diary of a Madman, Blizzard yeah. of Oz kind of era. Okay. Um, and Van Halen. I mean, we all yeah. love Van Halen. Right, that, right. That um, so he was listening to a lot of that. And then it was a band called Surf Punks, but that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, but he was my biggest fan, too. Like, again, I was already playing out. We were throwing parties and, you know, kind of I'll start weaving it back into where we are here, you know, as a band in high school. We were renting out the American Legion Hall and the Moose Lodge and putting on concerts for kids to come, you know, and we'd sneak kegs in there and whatever. But <laughs> but uh, but it was basically the same thing. It's like bringing people yeah. together. I would walk out in front of Buholtz at the end of the day and people would just walk up and start handing me dollar bills because they knew I'd somehow get I'd get a. Uh, I'd get the gag or get whatever, get the PA going, and we'd have a party somewhere. Um, but it was that it's recreating those moments, bringing people together, have a good time to connect. And my brother was central to that, uh, and he really loved it. And I think, you know, we've been able to raise over $3 million now. Uh, That's amazing. For, for, for research and for programs that support those, those kids and those families. So, Wow. You're talking about lyrics for life there. Lyrics for life. Yeah. Our, our our charity organization and you know, all the guys are invested in it. Um, Everyone has been touched by cancer or affected by it in our organization. And I don't know that you can really go anywhere and not be, but, uh, but uh, we've put on some great shows with some great artists and gotten some great items over the years. And 
uh, include stuff on the boat uh, that's made a really big difference. And 100% uh, of everything we do with Lyrics for Life goes right to the causes and to the, to the, to the organizations that we're supporting. Uh, no, one, no one is on salary for that. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to yeah. know too, you know, because a lot of people with charity organizations, not all the time that that information's passed out there. And that's great yeah. to hear that it's just after uh, they get paid. Right. There's a yeah, lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And that's I got so a, a shout out to Tim Bogle, um, our manager, who's been with us for 20 something years. Um, he's just the MVP with regards to lyrics for life and, and certainly all areas of sister Hazel, but, yeah. uh, but he gets a big shout out in that. So. Nice. You know, uh, it's neat because I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's kind of like full circle. So like I started listening to your music in high school and um, fast forward to six months, beef, uh, eight months before I was, I was going on my, on my first boat and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to music after I just had uh, my surgery done for uh, my renal cell uh, Kim mm-hmm. for, for kidney cancer and i don't know it's just neat like hearing the, you, your story and how you got to where you're at and then just like years later there's a there's a there's a human being who had no idea who he is listening to your music dealing with cancer and helping in that process i don't know it's just uh uh divine call it whatever you want but it's i just think it's really um it's, i call it cool i call it yeah. i call it fulfilling <laughs> and i call it you know, people are like, you know, we're all, we all handle the road and people different in the band. Right. And I, I'm pretty chatty when it comes to having these kind of conversations. Right. And, you know, I, one of the guys gives me shit. like, you just like hearing people say how much they like your music. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh man, look, when you're, when you dedicate your heart and soul to a song, to a record, to a career, to be, you make sacrifices away from your family, um, uh, whatever it may be, those sacrifices. You guys know that what musicians deal with on in, on the various levels. But if someone comes to me and goes, man, I was going through a really hard time in my life. Cause I may, have, I may be having a, a night where my voice felt like crap or whatever. And then, and then you t- tell me something like that. And I, I go, well, hell, man, maybe I'm doing what I should be doing. If I get that doubt starts to creep, it creeps up in all of our head, right? Yeah. So I love hearing stuff like that because not like, yay, look at me. It's like, wow, okay, it's important. You know, we're like I said, we're not we're not playing Wembley Stadium this week, but we but we're making we're making real connections with people at real moments in their lives, whether it's a cancer diagnosis or a wedding or or an addiction or, uh, or just, man, I was having a shitty day. and needed to throw something on, needed to change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, in speaking about the holiday season and charities, um, I know Mark um, has a, wanted to say something about the lyrics for life and, um, and whatnot. Yeah. So our sponsor life coaching for women physicians, uh, in conjunction with the boatcast, we are donating $500 to lyrics for life. Um, because you know, we, we just want to give back. We are a ripple of everything you've created and, uh, you know, we, we respect where it's all come from. Mark, I, I can't thank you enough just to be, 
uh, in your orbit enough uh, that, that you see that uh, we're trying to do good things with that and that we're genuine in that means a lot that that message is getting through there. Uh, and I know that you can, there's a lot of people you can choose to share your money with. And uh, I promise you we'll put that to good use. So it means a lot. Thank you so much, brother. I have no doubt. And as, as you were talking about that connection, I would argue that people show up on the boat to hear you sing for their first boat, but they come back because they want that connection. The, the experience that you offer we had a boater, Nigel, on, and he mentioned on his first boat he had just lost his son. And he talked about a time that the lead singer of the, the band of the boat has the time to pull him into a room and console him and to walk him through that and to help him in one of his darkest moments. I mean, that just brought who is Ken Block to a whole different level in my view. Yep. Man, I appreciate that. Um... Can you imagine? Can you imagine venturing off and into anything, losing a child like that? And then that, I mean, to, if I was any comfort to Nigel in that moment, um, I, it, it was an honor to, to, that he trusted me to, to, to share some of that with me. So, so he's a good dude, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He had a, yeah. He's, he's, he's a nice, he's, he and his wife are, are awesome souls. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny, but the boat, uh, each each one is very similar vibe-wise, right? Like there's this sort of, there, you know there's going to be certain amount of these things, right? Yep. But each one takes on life of its own. And I think that you could go on the same boat five times and have five different experiences based on what people you ran into, uh, which pans you happen to be able to catch, which conversations you got pulled into, who you got stuck in the elevator with, right? And each one would be amazing in its own way. And uh, that's just crazy to me. All the slices of that boat, we're all having a different rock boat. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's all, we all still know what we're talking about. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I've, I've been to other festivals. Um, I've played hundreds of festivals. Um, been to things. I've been to some great things. But there is nothing quite like the rock boat. There just isn't. It's just a... Uh, there's an... Can't really answer. describe it. Can't really yeah. describe it either. And no, I, what I tell people is... What I tell people is, look, if you come, right? If you're coming for the first time, if you come out to the sail away set by the end of the first, maybe second, probably the first song, you will look around and go, Oh, I get it. <laughs> right. You go, I know, I don't know it all yet, but I get what I'm, what's, what's in store. There's something about that. I love those sail away sets, man. I love those first couple songs that first, you know, everyone's back together and, and high five. So all the veterans are, are reconnecting and plugging in and finding their deal. And all the, the rookies are looking around and virgins are, are looking, where am I doing this right? And they're sucking <laughs> in it's all like overload. And it's just, and then people are like, come here, you know. <laughs> and uh it's and I've got the front row seat, man. It is it is phenomenal. And I don't I don't miss a lot up there, man. I see it. 
And um, it's 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 just an incredible thing, man. It's just if we could bottle that, right? We can bottle that. That was basically, Ken, when I was on my first boat and I believe it was a sail away show and taking what you just said and putting it into action, I looked at Mark and I was like, Mark, we got to capture this in between boats. Actually, Ken, Ken, let me cut him off. He was ready to quit his job and do that every day of his life. And I said, whoa, 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 breaks, but we can start a podcast. <laughs> dial it back, cowboy. Dial it back a little bit. I was all in. I was like, this, this is, this is insane. Like, this is incredible. This is the coolest. It, it just, you know, emphasizing what you said, Ken. It's just, it was, I was like, we have to do that. We have to, we have to capture this in between boats for people because the community is so strong and the love for each other and the love for these artists. And I'm just like, we have to. I'm going to be mad if we don't. <laughs> so, well, I, look, um, it's, it, it's humbling that we have created something worthy of a podcast, right? The fact yeah. <laughs> that, that you guys have actually not only thought about it, but executed it and are executing it and that people are showing up. Um, that's one of those things. I, I didn't, I didn't do that. You know, we created this fertile ground and that just happens to be something amazing that grew out of it. That, you know, I'm just amazed every time, uh, like you said, the ripples uh, kind of roll out, roll, roll out like that. And, and I think that idea that we all have um, our own unique experience on there every single time, you know, 2,500 people on there, 2,500 di- different rock bets. And uh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's awesome. I feel like that, that that's just I never even thought of it like that. That's that's a ridiculous amount of stories, insanely oh, awesome it's, stories. It's, it's ridiculous, and like I said, the idea that that it's just the the people you happen to come upon on that boat or that thing, you could go on that same trip and have different shows and different relationships, and it would be a different thing. It's just it's just incredible. It really is incredible. So and in my we- life, I in my life I've met people who like through my work that you know their significant other or somebody they knew was on a like heard of the rock boat and was on a previous rock boat it shows you like what a small world is really it's really it's really crazy how that's energetic that's energetic stuff man it really is you know i i i would love for our listeners to hear us talk a little bit more about the rock boat and Luckily for our listeners, there's a part two to our conversation with Ken. And uh, make sure you tune into that next episode, which will be released. Part two, Rock Boat. Uh, it will be released the week before we set sail. And um, so, Ken, we we thank you for your time, for, uh, for your chat about Sister Hazel, you growing up, music, letting us into your personal life with your family and, and the story about your brother and just all the awesome things that we talked about today, man. My pleasure. Uh, happy to be here, guys. Enjoy the talk. Love it. And, Thanks, and, Ken. And speaking of our community, <laughs> as we are going into this holiday season, if you are feeling kind enough, we would appreciate if you subscribe or like us. Allow us to get the word out there about amazing musicians and to, you know, let this ripple turn into a little bit more of a wave. So thank yeah. you. 
And can where can people go to find uh, lyrics for life? Uh, is there a web? A web yeah, amazing. you can go to lyricsforlife.org. You can get there through the Sister Hazel website. Awesome. Um, uh, I think there's links on the Sister Hazel Facebook page uh, and all that too. And when when are, when are these going to air? Do you know? So uh, this part one will air the week of December nineteenth. So our Christmas episode. And then uh, okay. Yep. I so I, I'll say something here, but you can't. I don't know when it's going to be released yet. Okay. So Mark can edit it out. So you'll be the first three people outside of the band and a couple other people. Um, uh, but we just we have our lyrics for life event in the spring, and uh, Darius just confirmed that he's going to come down and play it this year with us. So oh, I just awesome. got that call today, and so I'm like, yes, so amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, that's Look, awesome. man, I've done everything you've ever asked me to do, brother. Come on. So, uh, <laughs> so he's coming out. And so I think I like it for my own town, too. You know? I like being able to create an intimate show like that here in Gainesville. And, and I'm hopefully we'll be able to raise some good, some good uh, awareness and some good money from that. Too. Absolutely. You will. Oh, that's awesome. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you.